thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the sleeping sensei himself, Dr. Damien Christoph. Hi, Damo. Sleeping sensation. Where do you get these? It's amazing. Hello, MP. Hello, MP. Good to Hi, be mate. here. Great to be here with you. All be obviously virtual. How's really? Sunny? Are you? Are you? I was. I was being quite mocking because we've had this discussion a number of times on uh, the podcast before about how much of a sleeping sensei you are not. Would that be? Would that be up? Would I be semi accurate if I said you're not a sensei of sleeping, Damo? <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I'm not the best. Well, I sleep beautifully when I do sleep because I have the best bed. I love my bed. But I... Um, it's I, a regal, go on, say it. It's a regal bed, don't I? It's a regal bed. It's a regal bed. But I don't... Um, I actually don't sleep enough, I think. Or, I mean, you know, actually, I, I think I do sleep enough, but I don't think I sleep consistently enough, you know? So some nights I'll get six, some nights I'll get eight, other nights I'll get five, some nights I'll get ten... And then I'll get to a public holiday, or I'll get to a uh, a holiday period, and I and I crash out. Yeah. And so I think maybe yep. I'm not doing it right. Well, we thought it's always a great topic, and we thought we'd actually dedicate a whole podcast to this. Maybe two. You never know how uh, how much you and I can go on. But <laughs> damn it, it was it, this might sound selfish, but it's a little bit timely with the move up here to Byron. My sleeping patterns have totally changed. Going to bed at eight thirty at night sometimes. Goodness. Wow, what's that like? Uh, Oh, bizarre, mate, bizarre. But the the thing is, is that there's no dusk up here. So it's dark at 10 to 6. Really? No, so by the time wow. 8.30 rolls around, you feel like it's midnight, if you know what I mean. Okay. Um, it gets so dark so early. It's tripping me out. So <laughs> I'm yawning at 7.30. <laughs> Gee. And um, I'm wondering, uh, you know, how, you know, what impact this is having on the body. But then I'm up at 5.30 going down the beach and watching the sun rise and I'm thinking... It wasn't that often that I was seeing the sun rise in uh, sunny Inverloch because it wasn't that sunny all that often and it was often full of, filled with clouds. So um, it just got me interested in the whole discussion around sleep. So I've been doing a bit of reading and doing a bit of research and I know we've spoken in parts about this and, and um, over the course of our 55-odd episodes but I thought there's so much to cover um, with sleep, particularly you know, a number of topics we'll discuss today. Sleep as a rule, naps. Um, the whole concept of rest, uh, different types of rest, even even meditation, because a lot of people uh, would say that meditation is um, just as good, sometimes if not better, than mm. sleep itself. That's true. You and I, Damo, we would be the first ones to say, we are not the experts in this, because we are not experts in that we practice it all that well. That's true. Um, but in terms of discussing it, I think it's a it's a fascinating topic to discuss, and we can draw on a number of... Uh, research articles and some really fascinating studies that have been done on sleep to really to really make this interesting because if I go on to one demo that just got me thinking um, was that sleep, even though a lot of people go, oh, you need your eight hours, you need your eight hours of sleep, it's not just about sleep. There's a number of different levels of rest 
that go beyond just getting out eight hours of sleep per night. Okay. Um, so I'm thinking, Damo, that you might say, oh, well, I don't sleep all that well, but you might have different parts of your life that are, that, that, would, be, that would be termed uh, rest, but it's not necessarily sleep. So, for example, this work was done by Matthew Edland, who's an MD uh, in the States. Um, mm-hmm. He did some great research, and he said that it's not just about sleep. There's actually four dimensions of rest. There's physical rest, mental rest, social rest, and spiritual rest. And see, I look at you, Damo, and you are a, a wonderfully and like inspiringly social animal. Like You are so social. You have so many friends. You have so many empowering relationships that that in itself can... From my insights, um, I don't want to go out there and say that it can sub, uh, supplement sleep, but it certainly must help or go part way to do so because, um, you know, Edlin says that uh, social rest is um, feelings of belonging or feeling together, and, and those feelings of togetherness are they're paramount to feelings of wellness, right? Yeah. So oh, look, I would agree with that. You, I, you do a lot of socialising. So, you, just sorry to cut you off here, but you know when you have a party, right? And yeah. you get home late and you have less sleep. You feel great. You can still actually feel great yeah. because you've had all of this social togetherness, connectedness. Yes. Yes. Oh, that, that's so true. And I was going to agree with exactly what you were saying there, those sentiments, because Amber. My wife, she loves to sleep. Like she loves to get to bed at ten o'clock and then wake up at six o'clock, and that's it. And she bounces out of bed, and that's all really good. I would rather go and catch up with my mates at ten o'clock and hang out in a nice little, you know, yeah, bar or somewhere, just listening to some good music, having some good chats with my mates, having some laughs. Go to bed at midnight, wake up at six o'clock, and I feel fantastic. Yeah. You know, yeah, and that's but, always struck me about the quiet beer. Like, because a lot of people make jokes that. Uh, and it doesn't have to be beer. It could be a quiet water, right? But, <laughs> but often people do, blokes do catch up, and this probably goes into the whole masculine-feminine differences, but when blokes catch up, it can be chatty, but it doesn't always necessarily be chatty. Sometimes it's just being around other people. It's just a, it's a feel-good feeling, right? Yeah, that's where I see it coming in. You know, I, I definitely feel that. I feel... Um, uplifted and nurtured and nourished by gags and mucking around and laughing and pats on the back and all those sorts of things. Like I, all that sort of stuff floats my boat. Now, do you know much about oxytocin, Damo? Yeah, well, I do a little bit, but not a whole lot. Um, what do not, you know about it? Well, again, not being female, Damo, there's only so much that you and I can know about it through experience. But um, oxytocin, being the hormone of love, has been shown to rise when we have empowering social events. So whether it's dinner with the family, whether it's dinner with friends, whether it's catching up with mates, whether it's um, going to the footy with Damo and watching the Ds, um, <laughs> those, those events raise levels of oxytocin in the body, which, again, um, are the antidote of those stress hormones that you and I have spoken extensively about on the podcast. Mm. Um, and so it just makes me... Recognize because Sarah and I are very similar, Damo, into to the way you and Amber are. Whereas Sarah's creature of habit when it comes to sleep, she much prefer going to bed early. I much prefer going to bed late. I'm the same as you. I'd be happy catching up with mates, talking on the phone at ten, eleven at night if we're yeah. having a good solid conversation. That's more. Uh, it's just more exciting than sleep, really. Yeah, I know. Uh, sleep for me is just it's a period of time that's lost. 
I know that you need it, but it's a period of time that nothing gets done in, except for, I mean, obviously repairing your body, which is, I suppose, a good thing. But I, I, <laughs> I, I just feel like there's so many things that I want to do in a day that when I've got to go to sleep, it means, oh, that's it, I've got to finish this day, it's all over. And if you look at the sleep patterns, I know I, if I start naming names, I'll probably not being 100% correct, but if you look at that era of when you look at the greats, when you look at the Edisons and the Da Vinci's and the Michelangelo's and the Pythagoras and the Shakespeare's and the rest, there's a selection of the greats that did not rely on eight hours a night sleep. But there are a selection of the greats that did rely on eight hours a night sleep. So I think it's important that rather than wiping the slate you know, giving everyone that paint. What's the word? Painting everyone with the same brush. Yes. Um, we don't. I don't think it's wise. Particularly, you know, when we look at diet and exercise and all the different factors that make up a healthy and happy life, we're not all the same. And that's I, true. I cannot buy that we must all sleep the same level. But oh, that's a great perspective, MP. I love that. I'm sure that people listening to this will go, yeah, yeah, I agree with that because it is a confusing thing that you've got some experts saying you've got to have. Eight hours. Then some people give you a range somewhere between you know seven and nine hours, and then some people give you a range and go if you get ten hours, it's great. And kids need twelve hours, so it's all a little bit too confusing for me. So uh, you know, I love that perspective. Okay, then. So let me hit you with this. Okay. If men and women um, are perhaps this is a research from Harvard, Robert Stickgold. He, he observed in his studies that men and women are perhaps the only advanced species of animal that goes 16 hours or more a day without a nap. Right. So then let's bring this on to the next topic of rest and sleep and the concept of a nap or a siesta. Mm-hmm. Now, in, now that I'm probably becoming more um, sensitive to these issues of sleep and rest and the rest, especially with the change of uh, body clock, it would seem up here. I really feel that napping or having a siesta is a fabulous, um, <laughs> is a fabulous. Uh, See, right now with you talking about that, I need a dump of oxytocin because my stress hormones are going up. Like to, to think about napping, I couldn't think. I like I'll resist a nap because I just think, oh, what if I sleep too long? What if I go for too far? Yep. Well, is there that a is, bad thing? No, no. That the, well, there is the um, the nap must not go longer than forty five minutes. Right. Really, it's actually the, the, the ideal from all of the research. This is the thing that I find fascinating about research is that anecdotally, we've known forever that naps can be beneficial. Yeah. But now we go and do the research because we've got the technology to do so and we realize that 26 minutes is the ideal time where you get the most out of napping. Now, when we say you get the most out of napping, the research is now suggesting that um, you, learn, you can learn great deals of information after taking a nap, almost huh. as much, if not more, than the information you can absorb after a full night's sleep. Wow. So napping and sleeping is like the integration process of the body, where yeah. you not only integrate what you've learned, but you actually come up with new ideas so, um, or new insights. So it's like when people go, say, take a, bre- take a breath of fresh air or go take a nap or we go and contemplate on it and we come up with new insights and new understandings. It's... What the research is suggesting is the major purpose of a nap. It's not just to give the body some rest. It's actually more the mental, emotional, spiritual insights that that one might get out of doing it. So, Damo, in your instance, if you were saying I'm hitting a brick wall in my creativity or in my problem solving, you know, in the middle of the day, yeah, I would be saying, well, the research might suggest that taking a twenty minute or twenty six minute 
nap could be just what you need to be more effective in your work um, throughout That's the day. That's really interesting. You know, this thing keeps coming to my head about the 20-minute power nap that we hear people talking about. Obviously, that's suboptimal. Um, but it's obviously a number that someone's come, someone's come up with. Do you think, is that a PC number? They've got on 26, let's run it up to 30. Yeah. Um, and they've well, gone, oh, this, no one's going to do a 30-minute power nap. Let's ride it down to 20 and at least people are getting a little power nap. Well, this is what I think is the – this is it comes back to what we were saying earlier about not everyone needs to be painted with the same brush. If yeah. you, my, my personal experience with an afternoon nap is that you will wake up. So I don't think you have to be worried Damo, that you won't wake up because <laughs> – you're in an active part of the day. So I look at my father-in-law, Rob, Sarah's dad. He has a nap most days. Wow. He'll knock himself out. Like when we were driving up to Byron, he'd sleep in the car for 20 or 30 minutes, but he'd just wake up, <laughs> you know? And I, and I know that I, w- I just wake up. Um, Kids must- do that, don't they? Kids do that. Yeah, they just wake up. So I reckon if you do it, do it at demo, do it on a day where the consequences aren't bad. Do it on a weekend or a... You know, if you're just lying on the couch and you have a little nap, it's all right. You'll wake up. Um, but I know on work days, <laughs> like there were, you know, particularly when we when we had the chiropractic centre and you know a shift would be opening at, you know, two or three o'clock. I would definitely put the alarm on because I didn't want to <laughs> sleep through it. Uh, um, true. You know, so but I do think I know uh, an, an afternoon nap for me can go one of two ways. I wake up feeling sensational, really mm-hmm. happy that I did it. Yeah. Or you wake up feeling a little bit off center. Oh, grumpy. I see. Yes, grumpy's. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to say grumpy, but yes, um, yes, grumpy. I've seen the kids. <laughs> I reckon kids do this as well. Afternoon yeah. nap sometimes with kids. They just wake up a little bit wrong. They're just I can like crack it, can't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, so I'm sure if we were interviewing an expert right now, they would tell us that you can wake up mid cycle, and sometimes when you wake up mid cycle. Um, you know, there's the three different levels of sleep. There's the ran- the rapid eye movement, and then there's the then there's the the deeper sleep where your brain's quite damp and it's not really doing much. Um, yeah. There's a couple of I'm sure there's a cycle. That if you wake up mid cycle, it's probably not a good feeling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that one, that's probably one for an expert. So then, demo. If we're talking about naps, uh, if we're, sorry, just to finish on the naps, um, I did when when they did say that Edison loved a nap. So Edison, he 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 developed Thomas Edison developed his he filed his for his one thousand and ninety third patent at age eighty three, right? Ninety three, wasn't ninety three? Oh, I typed ninety three, but it's a typo. Oh, right. see that tricked me. Yep, I gotcha. Um, <laughs> that was at age eighty three, right? One thousand and ninety third patent. He was a big napper. He was such a napper demo that he napped. Where is it? I've got it here. He, he used for his pillow Watts Dictionary of Chemistry. So it would absorb? Potentially. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, that gives you some insight. So maybe, I mean, he's a brilliant man, wasn't he? You think about what he was able to invent and some of the profound statements that he came up with with regards to philosophical statements about where medicine would be and where um, health yep. would be in the 21st century. And he's spot on. So he would have this, what's called this flow of new ideas. Osmosis, yes, osmosis. Aha. Uh-huh. And then Da Vinci. Da Vinci was a napper. He made, he created, he painted Mona Lisa in his 50s. Yeah, wow. Um, he was a napper. So yeah. just something to think about. And it, for me, it's not something that would be an everyday thing, but it's if you feel the urge, 
See, I'm like you, Dam. I resist naps. Mm. But the more I'm learning, if I feel the urge, particularly, you know, 2 o'clock in the afternoon and things just aren't flowing as well as they were at, you know, 8, 9, 10 o'clock in the morning, then we're going to take more naps. Sounds good. It sounds good. I don't, I'm trying to work out how I can do it. And, you know, whenever you raise these new ideas with the MP, I think, oh, what can I do? Can I bring that into my lifestyle? Is it something that I can actually do? Do you think it's tough to bring it into your lifestyle if it's something you haven't done before? Well, you know, Damo, I was thinking about you last night when I was with the book that I'm reading at the moment. is called The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. And he used a term in the book a number of times last night that you have said a number of times on, on stage when I've listened to you speak, particularly yes. about diet. And he said a lot of the, the concepts in his book is they're easy to do and they're easy not to do. Yes. And you say that a lot about diet and nutrition. Eating well is easy to do, but it's also easy not to do. That's right. So the difference between a healthy and an unhealthy life is really just a decision because yeah. it's easy to be healthy and it's easy to be unhealthy. But it's easy right now to decide. It's easy to make a decision today to not do it. Mm. I'm not going to have a nap today. I'm not going to exercise today. I'm not going to make my own lunch today. I'll just buy lunch out. That's easy to do today because we're not going to die. We're not going to die from it today. But you know, the concept with what you share and the concept with what you know, the whole preventative health movement that we share worldwide is that not doing something today, like not brushing your teeth today, you'll be fine, but not brushing your, your teeth day in, day out for a year, you're not going to be well. Yeah. You're going to have a big bill. So yeah. same, thing, same thing with diet and same thing with potentially um, what the nappers out there would say is, and I know Up For A Chat has had a whole podcast about sleep saying the more we sleep, the longer we live. Um, so, you know, just... Just food for thought. This is not meant to be a prescriptive or a prescribing type of podcast, but just food for thought, Damon. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like that because obviously quite clearly you and I aren't experts in this particular field, but it's a, it's a great opportunity to have a chat about it, isn't it? It's kind of like conversations with Marcus and Damien. <laughs> well, I would just say, Damon, though, if you feel like a nap, take a nap. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, mm. It'd be nice, I think, to talk to an expert on meditation because – Again, you and I aren't huge meditators. Um, no. Well, we've spoken to Vicky Kelly before, haven't we? And, uh, you know, Vicky Kelly, uh, she teaches one minute mindfulness. Yeah, we'll have to. Well, I don't think we've actually had her on uh, 100 Not Out, though. Actually, you could be right. Maybe we should get her on one, one, you know, you know, 100 Not Out. We'll get her on, on this. But I think I must have done it on, on the Wellness Guys, oh, chatting right. with her. Yeah. And, uh, and she has some great insight into the power of meditation and even just one minute mindfulness. So a lot of people are fearful of spending. 60 minutes in a row, um, like ch checking out for a bit and meditating. So if we're suggesting you do a nap and meditate, um, you, some people get quite anxious about that. And so Vicky talks about uh, doing one-minute chunks of mindfulness. Well, this is – yeah, and this is this is probably what I hang my hat on, Damo, with meditation. Yes. Um, and I hope it's not a cop-out for the meditators that are listening, but – I live my meditating life by the Dalai Lama's quote, and you will like this, Damo. Mm. Sleep is the best meditation. Mm. And but he does heaps of meditation when he wakes up, though, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, that's the thing. He loves to meditate. Yeah, like he does a, four hours of meditation when he wakes up, or something. Four hour a day meditator. Um, you know, Plus, he sleeps heaps. So I think in the dream. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think. Um, you know, without complicating the sleep, rest, nap, meditation matter, I think keeping it simple, particularly through sleep, is um, 
is key. Yeah. Yeah. It's key. Okay. So, you feeling a bit sleepy after all that demo? No, I mean, despite your sultry tones, Marcus, I'm still wide awake. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's lots to there's lots to think about. It's just one of those topics that I think the the reason why, you know, we decided not to get necessarily an expert on this per se is because I think Damo and I are very conscious that with any, when it comes to anything with health, you don't want to wipe everyone. Uh, you don't want to give everyone the same label. I mean, Damo and I are perfect examples of this and we both consider ourselves healthy and well. Yes. Um, we're not the greatest sleepers in that we love to sleep. We get good sleep and when we when we sleep, but we don't necessarily get eight hours every night. No. Um, and there's people out there absolutely living wonderful lives on three and four hours sleep a night and there's other people living wonderful lives on eight hours sleep a night. Um, and even the people that... that you know, prescribe eight hours sleep a night, they would definitely tell you that they don't get eight hours sleep every night. Don't have to, unless they're telling porky pies, you know. So, well, think of, just think of life. Think of weddings, think of parties, think of travels, think of, you know. I think that if you were that, you know, anal about getting that much sleep, that that would in itself cause anxiety and stress. And so that would be somewhat counterproductive. It's like trying to be 100% healthy 100% of the time or 100% fit 100% of the time. That can be stressful in your body. So it's about finding that um, that unique balance, which is, you know, unique to you um, with what works, what you feel most comfortable with. Um, keep in mind that it is easy to do and it is easy not to do. Now, last point, Damo, because I know we're probably running out of time here. Um, the whole thing about sleep and stress. Yeah. Sleep- and rest is about stress and hormones, the stress hormones. So if you know that you're feeling stressed, the the, the, the number one antidote, and I'm sure you talk about this in your Crack Your Stress Code um, chat, uh, presentations demo, the number one antidote to stress is rest, right? Yeah. And through any of the, the rest techniques that we've mentioned throughout this podcast, um, what we're saying is it just doesn't have to be sleep. But if ever you're feeling stressed, if ever you feel like your cortisol's up, then... Pick a, pick, a, pick a technique, whether it's a nap, whether it's an actual going to bed early night, whether it's meditation. Bit of a walk. Bath, whether it's a walk. Get some sunlight. Bit of exercise. Yes. So. Get naked. Of, oh, you love that. <laughs> no, I just want to tell you why I said that. I just wanted to throw a little curveball in there. Here's the thing. You'll going to be okay, Marcus, because you're living so far north these days that you'll be able to manufacture vitamin D by just a little bit of sun exposure on your skin. But for us people down here in Mexico, down south, we've, we've, got, to, uh, we've got to get more sunlight on our body um, in order to you know, be able to manufacture vitamin D, so we need greater exposure to the sun in the cooler months. In fact, there's periods of time where we can't manufacture vitamin D, which in other words means that we have a decreased ability to downregulate stress in our body because the sun doesn't kick, you know, it doesn't tick all the boxes for us at this time of the year. So we've got to be a bit more mindful. So, you know, get outdoors. you've got to get outdoors. You've got to expose your skin to the sun. You've got to, you know, find ways to decrease stress. Because remember, and I think I remember we spoke about this, Marcus, um, if you get too stressed, you'll get anxious. And if you get anxious, you'll start to affect You'll sleep, you'll get this thing called insomnia. And then that, that's cascading. So you've got to kind of get the sleep in or get the rest in using any of those strategies you just mentioned um, yep. before you get too stressed, before you get anxious. Yeah, and if this is really pushing your buttons, folks, listen, uh, go to the 100 Not Out archive. Just go to uh, thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 Not Out because there is so much. Um, we've covered this off 
yeah, within the, in our three-part um, series on stress. Damo, so good to just really go pretty deep into that topic um, with you. Thank you so much for joining us as always, folks. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can provide it in any number of ways, but the best is to go to our website at www.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100. Now, remember, the Wellness Summit is coming, so for all information, uh, make sure you like us on Facebook. Uh, it's facebook.com forward slash 100 not out, all letters. Um, the Wellness Summit coming to Melbourne in August, August 16 and 17. And remember, if you've liked this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and also check out thewellnesscouch.com where you can view the entire range of wellness podcasts available, including the number one show, The Wellness Guys. And remember, as always, if you're not a member of the couch, go to thewellnesscouch.com to become a member. Until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.